God's very glad you're with us today on demand. You know, I always say it. It's one of my favorite places to be because the word of God is in your hand. You get it when you want to. The study today is going to be great because we're talking about a guy that's in a conversation with God. This whole series is about hearing God. And there are moments when people just have this, I, the Lord told me and God spoke to me and all of that stuff. And sometimes they're just making it up. As a matter of fact, in our study, I'll mention to you two disadvantages we have in our communication with God. I've been saying it all month long, all through all, all four of these, three so far, this is the third sermon in the series. And I've been talking about how we're at a disadvantage. You know, we don't think like God. That's one problem we have, right? The second problem is not only don't we think like God, we sometimes can prophesy out of our own imagination, make up stuff. It's called making it up as we go. So you want God to do something. So you start making up. God said to me that I should marry you. Well, no, don't do that. Don't, don't start with all that. You know, make sure they're compatible and all that good stuff. But this is a study that shows you how to hear from God. And what I wanted to do is take you into the life of Jonah. And I want to show you a conversation you have with God. And it's called listening to God when you don't want to. It's a great study. You don't want to miss it, my friend. So sit back, buckle up. It's going to be great. I'll come back and pray for you at the end. Glad you're back with us today. We are so excited about this, this part of this series because it's going to take you down a path where you can literally see how talking to God works. The series is called Hearing God and Protecting Your Future. The goal of the series is to help you protect your future by learning how to hear God. You know, every year I answer one question, right? I try hard to answer this important question, right? And that's why I give you sermon notes and everything so you can follow me along. So get your camera out, zoom in there and get that, uh, get that locked into your phone or locked into your computer so you can follow us along or you can go on the app. Sermon notes are on the app. They're, on, they're by the sermons. If you go online, our web church website, we just try to make it easy for you. But here we go. I want you to notice today the goal of this sermon is to help you answer the question we're answering for the year. Why don't people do what they say they're going to do? That's the question for the year, right? People say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to obey God, and then they don't. One of the reasons they don't is because they can't hear God. So this sermon series is called Hearing God. It's all about hearing God, and if you hear God, it will protect your future. The book of uh, Jonah is where we're going to start, and I want to just briefly review the four main parts of the series. The first sermon we talked about, uh, God having a risk-taking conversation with Adam and Eve. We go back and you can look at part one, but I said when the first conversation God had in the Bible with anybody was about risk. Adam and Eve, don't eat that fruit. If you do this, something's going to go wrong. Second conversation we had was one called uh, transparent conversation that he had with Cain. He wanted him to hear God and he wanted him to have a transparent, clear conversation. God had a transparent conversation with him and that conversation was phenomenal. The conversation was easy. It's easy, believe me, to get it wrong. It's easy to miss out. So let me say it again to you. The second conversation was God had a transparent conversation. That's the second conversation. The second conversation was profound. Now, Cain missed the mark because he was not willing to be open and transparent. He had a certain way he wanted to communicate with God. He had a certain thing he wanted to offer God. That's not what God wanted. So God tried to talk to him about it and couldn't reach him. We talked about all that the last time we were together. But today we're going to talk about hearing God when you don't want to, because I think that's important. And we're going to jump to the book of Jonah and I want you to notice the conversation. Now, sometimes when I'm teaching the book of Jonah, I go to the end of the book because at the end of the book, it basically shows you that God didn't like the people that God was sending Jonah to touch. 
And because Jonah didn't like those people, Jonah didn't want to go. And Jonah didn't want them to be forgiven. They'd done so much to Israel. God didn't, Jonah said, no, I don't want, to, I don't want anything to do with them. Uh, if, if you're going to judge them, judge them. Basically, he runs and tries to get away from this assignment. So we're going to talk about hearing God when you don't want to. And then next week, we'll talk about hearing God because of a circumstance. Sometimes it takes a circumstance for some people to hear God. You're not going to hear God until you're broke. You're not going to hear God until certain things happen in your life, but that's next week. Now, I started every one of these sermons with two main points that I don't want you to forget. Two things that say whenever you talk to God, whenever you're communicating with God, you're at a disadvantage. Now, I know there are a lot of people that go to church and they're religious and they always saying the Lord told me and God said and the Lord spoke to me. They make me nervous. I want to be clear. They make me nervous. I don't believe that when they, they're hearing from God, I think a lot of that is just sincere, but I don't think it's necessarily accurate. There are two things I want you to remember. Now, don't get mad with me. Hang with me for a minute. I know you say you know the voice of God. You've been saved a long time. You're real holy. I know that. But I want you to hear what I'm going to say just for a minute. Two things that make that make what I'm saying more true than you want to sometimes admit. Now, first of all, the Bible says in Isaiah 55 and 8, that God doesn't think like us. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my thoughts and my ways above your ways. I don't think like you. Please be clear. That's the first thing I want you to be clear about. If you don't get that right, you're going to miss a big point here. You cannot assume that God is like you. You're trying to become like him. Second thing I want you to think about is Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 2. We oftentimes prophesy out of our own hearts. He says, Son of man, prophesy against the prophets of Israel who are now prophesying, say to those who prophesy out of their own imagination, hear the word of the Lord. If you're not careful, you'll make up stuff. You know, you know I see this a lot when you're choosing a mate. The Lord told me it's you. Uh, the Lord told me to get this job. The Lord told me, you know, I, and I do believe that God speaks. I believe that, that God guides me. I believe I have divinely prophetic moments. I believe that. But I do think there's a danger in being so casual with it that you're not, you're not aware that you can end up prophesying out of your own heart going to a business that you feel God led you into, you lose all your money and you think God led you there. No, you just probably made a bad decision. It's not always that God led you there. And to teach you something, it's just sometimes it's wrong. And it's okay. It's okay. It's wrong. There are times in life when you have to see that I can be wrong. And in this story, you see it in living color. Look at Jonah chapter 1. Let me read for you in uh, verse 1. Uh, and this basically is going to take us down a road where we're going to talk about when godly men refuse to hear. This is a godly man. He was chosen by God to accomplish the mission, but when he doesn't, he doesn't want to hear. And then you're going to compare that against some ungodly men who do hear God. Sometimes the people around you can recognize God more than sometimes a real religious, sincere person. Some of you, you're living with a person right now and you say, ooh, he's telling the truth. Because you, you are the, the biggest sinner in the house. I mean, you are. You, you, know, for, you are the first class sinner. But you know something wrong with that Christian that's living with you. You can tell something's wrong with them. Now, something's wrong with that believer. You, don't, you can't define it. You don't have a Bible verse for it. But you know something's wrong with them. So this is the story about a godly guy. Something's wrong with him. And some ungodly guys are going to help him see it. It's a great story. Starting in chapter 1, verse 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. So God gave Jonah a calling. He spoke to Jonah through a calling. I want you to go to Nineveh. 
That's the calling. I want you to go and cry out against the sin in that city. Now, Jonah knew right away that the goal of God was to forgive them. And he says that in the last chapter of the book. I knew that if you sent me there, you'd want me to you forgive those people. So Jonah, when he heard that, he just, I don't, want to, I don't want any part of this. I don't want any part of this. I don't want to deal with this. No, I'm not going. I hope you kill all of them. I mean, that's, how, that's basically how he felt. And you get this when you read the last chapter. Now, notice the second thing. Jonah ignores what he hears. This is important because we have all been guilty of this. Look at verse, verse 3. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. That's his goal. I am not doing what God wants me to do. He's running. He flees. This is a moment you just don't see every day. A guy, it's almost like the rain is pouring down in his life and he is not interested in hearing God at all. He doesn't care. He doesn't want to hear it. And so he runs, he runs, and he flees from the presence of God. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute. Can you think of a time in your life when you didn't want to hear God? Can you think of a time in your life when you really, truly were committed to not hearing? Now, I don't know what you're running from now. Now, when, only when I get to this part, people start saying, yes, God does have a calling on my life. I've been running from the ministry, and I, I, I'm, I'm just going to give in and go. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I hope you never preach if that's your position. What do, you, what do you mean, Pastor Rick? What I said. I don't want anybody cooking for me who says, I've been running from the kitchen and I hate cooking and I don't want nothing to do with food, but now I've decided to be a cook and I'm a cook for you. No, I don't want you to cook for me while you're like that. I want you to be happy. I want you to be in the kitchen dancing and singing. <laughs> I don't want you cooking for me and you're not happy. God is not in such desperate need of preachers that he's got to drag you into the pulpit to preach for him. Believe me, he'll find happy people. There are a lot of happy people. This is not about God trying to force a guy. This is about God saying, I'm committed to forgiving people. You're not. You're wanting to hold a grudge. I don't. I think it's really important to, be, to get the message here. This is about God delivering this man or trying to get him to a place where he sees everybody should be given a chance. So God calls Jonah. Jonah ignores God. The question is, are you ignoring God? Who is it that you will not forgive? Who is it that you hold a grudge against? What, who is it you said, I'm never going to ever, 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 no matter what they do, or I'm just not. And I know some people you can't trust. I understand. Some people, you, they're a little dangerous. You know, you got to keep your eyes on them. They're a little bit dangerous. But I want you to notice that the problem Jonah's having is he's not being transparent. He's not talking to God about it. God's talking to him, but he's not talking to God. Matter of fact, when you read this, he only mentions twice. He only admits it twice that he was struggling with these people. What are you hiding? What are you hiding? What hatred is in your heart that you're hiding? I use that word hatred. I know they hurt you, but what is, what, if you're allowing this to dominate you where well, you can't think, you can't process, God's trying to talk to you, God's trying to speak to you, and you can't think. It's like, you know, you hear the music playing, it's like the Lord's playing that music for you, saying, listen, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Can you process with me? And you know, you can't hear nothing. Your mind's all someplace else. It's music playing, all kind of thing going on. <laughs> and you can't, you can't track. Well, Maybe 
God's got the music of your life playing around you to get your attention. Maybe, maybe God's trying to talk to you and you're running and you need to pause. So first of all, God speaks to Jonah through a calling. Then, God, then Jonah ignores God. Now watch this, number three. God speaks to Jonah through a different circumstance, a difficult circumstance. So there's a difficult circumstance that comes up in Jonah's life. And in this circumstance, there is this powerful revelation that will come to him. And I'm going to talk more about this next time in our study. But let me read it for you. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. This is a circumstance that's designed to get Jonah's attention. I want you to see that. This is a circumstance that rises up and the goal of it is to get his attention. Now, it's got his attention. He's focused. He's looking at it. He can't ignore it. At least you think he can't ignore it. But you're going to see in a minute he was ignoring it. Watch this verse, the next verse here. It says, but Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? That's the big question. How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. So Jonah has ignored the circumstance. God allowed a circumstance to come to his life, but he ignores it. You know, it's amazing. I've seen people ignore circumstances in your life. There are things that come up in your life that, that you, you're, you're ignoring it right now. You know, your back is hurting you. Your back saying, hey, you need to check me out. Your knees are hurting. They say, you need to check me out. You know, you're getting tired all the time. Your body is, that's a circumstance. What in your life is, is, is trying to get your attention? The red flag is waving. Well, Jonah ignores all of that. And then I want you to watch this now. He ignores it, but the ungodly guy, the guy who is not a godly person in the story, the captain and the crew, they're not gods. They're, they're idol worshipers. Because you can hear it. He says, get up and call on your God and maybe he'll save us. Now, this is the guy who is committed to changing his life. There's this thunderous moment when he comes in and bursts in the room and says, hey, like thunder, I want you to know, I want you to know there's, there's, there's a storm going on and this rain falling and we're, we're about to drown and you and you're sleeping. Now watch this, watch what happens. They, they, there's this conversation that's going to happen in verse 7 of chapter 1. That's going to leave these ungodly guys shocked. Even idol worshipers shocked at what Jonah says. The sailors said to each other, come let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. So they cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So casting lots was like you take, you know, a, a certain maybe some rocks or something and you cast them out. And they had this little system, you know, they believed that whoever, wherever the rock fell, if it fell over there, it was you, it fell over here, wherever they fall. And they had this way they measured it. And the lot fell on Jonah, which meant, oh, it's you. you know, God, whoever you are, let the lot tell us who did it. And it fell on Jonah. Well, watch what happens. This is amazing. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? They asked Jonah, where do you come from? And what is your country for? What people are you? He answered, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the real, the God, capital G of heaven, 
who made the sea and the dry land. Now, I want you to pause right there for a second. Jonah admits who he works for. Well, you know, you guys work for the false God. I work for the real God, you know, the one who's really over everything. Watch what happens, verse 10. This terrified them. <laughs> and they asked, well, what have you done? What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord. Watch this. They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to you to make the sea calm down from us? Pick me up. Pick me up. I want you to look at me for a second. Pause for a second. This is an amazing moment. They asked Jonah, okay, what in the world did you do? And Jonah starts to tell them. Now, I want you to stay with me for a minute. I want you to hear this. He says, I want you to pick me up and throw me in the water. That's what he tells them. Pick me up and throw me in the water. Now, that's amazing because Jonah is saying, all right, I know we're all about to die. And so thunder's going off, the rain's falling. And so if you want to live, you're going to have to throw me into the water. That's the only way we're going to all live or we're going to all die. Pick me up and throw me in the water. <laughs> I love this. Throw me in the sea. And he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. It's my fault. It's all me. I did it. Pick me up. Verse 12. Throw me in the water. I have always been amazed at this because my first response is, okay, if you're a godly man, these are not godly people. You're the ones worshiping the real God. They're worshiping false gods. And you know you're wrong. Why don't you just jump in the water? Just jump in. Save everybody else. He said, if I jump in, if I get in the water, he says, the, the sea's going to be calm. He says, everything's going to be fine, but you're going you're gonna to have to pick me up because I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not throwing myself in. You ever know anybody like that? They want you to drown with them. I mean, this is, <laughs> this is a guy who is incredible. He's in a mindset that's very selfish, very self-centered. And so I'm impressed with verse 13. Because if I were on the ship, okay, well, maybe, maybe hopefully not. But I know people, I'll put it like this. They would say, okay, we'll just throw him in. We'll throw him in. Watch this. Instead, verse 13, the men did not, did their best to row back to the land. But they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than, than before. Then they all cried, I love this, they cried out to the Lord, please, Lord, do not let us die for, for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, Lord, have done as you please. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and, he, and, and, and the raging sea grew calm. And at this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord, and they made vows to him. They changed. They got saved right on the spot. Now, here's the deal. <laughs> this is amazing. Um, there are moments in life when you can't keep some people on your ship if you want to live. You just can't hang with them. They, they, they prayed. They, they, I'm sorry. Boy, this is bad. This is a tough decision. And there come moments in your life when you have to deal with that. This is, it, it just, you can see Jonah's like, Jonah, you got to throw me over. He's, he's stiff as an ironing board. And they carry him over, and then they throw him overboard. Yes, they do. Toss him in. Splash. This is always tough to say. Some people can't be your friends. 
Some places you can't go anymore. Some things are not possible. Because some people only hear from God when they're in a bad circumstance. And in this case, in the belly of a fish. We can argue about what kind of fish it was, a whale or whatever it was. It doesn't matter. Bottom line, it was a fish. But notice what happens. There's this moment when this guy would not hear. He could not hear. Verse 17 says, the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. So I want to stop there and I want you to think about this for a minute. What will it take to get you to hear God? Do you have to go to jail? Do you have to stay on this road? Do you have to lose everything? You have to lose your marriage. You have to lose respect of your children. You have to lose your health. What, do you, what, what is it going to take for you to hear God? What is it going to take? There's something about hearing God. Hearing God requires some challenging thoughts sometimes and a willingness to separate, and they had to separate from Jonah. Are you willing to hear God? Are you really, really willing to hear God? One of my favorite recent stories. <laughs> oh, man, one of my favorite recent stories is my little grandbaby. She, she, she got up on me really close. I told this before. Her name is Milani. She may be watching. And Milani got right here around my belly, and she said, Pop Pop, what is all of that? <laughs> oh, man. I've been skinny all my life. Most of my life. When I became a pastor, I was 27 inches in the waist. And I was that way for years. As a matter of fact, I always find it fascinating other people who, when they see you, they give you a weight report. Oh, you lost weight. Oh, you gained weight. Oh, boy. You know, they give you this, like, like weathermen, they give you this, weather, this weight update, right? And, um, and I, didn't know that, I didn't know that my family did that. My family did until I got married. And they'd always, you know, give my wife a weight update, you know. Oh, God, you look, you look, oh, you gained a hip. You gained a pound in that right hip, you know. There's always this weight thing. <laughs> and I, and I, I, I have always been slender, always. And I, like I said, I, I remember... I look at older pictures of me and I go, wow, boy, you really were. I mean, I was really slender for years. And so when I gained weight, um, I got up to like one, one, one today, I'm 180 today. I was up to 198 and the highest was 200, 201, one, one day or two. Now, you know, you go running and get, get it down. But I never, and then, you know, the belly starts, you know, this, this is where it goes, man. I mean, it starts, this thing starts to rise on you. And so she was standing right here. And when she looked at me, I told this before in another sermon, she said, she stood here and she patted on my stomach and said, Pop, Pop, what is all of that? And I thought, all of what? And she said something I'll never forget. You can't see that? You can't see that? And I've lost about 20 pounds. And so what was powerful was in that moment, for some reason, I heard it differently. Maybe it takes a grandchild to tell you, what's all that? Maybe it takes a physical challenge. What will it take for you 
to get rid of the Jonas on your boat? What will it take for you to change your life direction? What will you have to lose? A toe, foot, finger? What will it take? I mean, I, I just I realized in my life that there were things I was sincerely engaged in working hard. I mean, I've always tried to work out a little bit and exercise. And I, I, I just think it was important for me to hear this. Boy, there are moments when you just aren't listening. What is it going to take for you to understand that you can't keep going in that direction? Is it going to take a circumstance? Next time we gather, I'll talk about that. It took a circumstance to change Jonah. What will it take for you? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this time. I pray the word of God has helped us, inspired us, lifted our minds and hearts. Help us to rise up today and hear you and follow you and change. We need to hear God. If we're ever going to do what we say we want to do, we're going to have to hear God. And I declare in Jesus' name, this is the first day of hearing for many of us in a new way. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I enjoy being with you. I pray this blessed you and helped you today. I want to encourage you to do this. If this is a moment that you'd say, I need, I, I need to hear God when it comes to my walk with him, and I want to give the Lord my life, then let me pray this final prayer for you. Father, let this be the moment that they say, Lord, be king of my life, Lord of my life. I surrender my life to God in a new way. I need your forgiveness and a brand new beginning. In the name of the Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hey, you're a blessing. Thanks for being with me today. Right there on the screen, they have this special thing you can simply click on that helps you start your walk. We'd like to send you some information to help you walk with God. Also, if you just said, Pastor Rick, I just I have a prayer request. I got something I want you to pray with me about. Email me at pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. That's pastor at overcomingbyfaith.org. Send your prayer request. We do respond. I want to say this to you. It's a blessing to have you. Don't forget, now remember every this today, this Sunday, we got a special service for young adults called Who, Who, Boy, Who's Been Playing With My Switches. It's a live service. It's not going to take you long. Come on out in person. If you can't be here, tune back in for the second part of this, of this amazing Sunday that's coming your way that's going to be just absolutely phenomenal. And that's going to be on the third Sunday. I don't want to miss it. That's that day. So I'll see you there. It's going to be amazing. I'll see you next time. Have a blessed day. And remember, God's faithful. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Well, I pray it blessed you, and I hope that you can relate to Jonah. There are times you don't want to hear from God. You don't want to hear what God has to say. You're running from it. You're trying to avoid it. But if you're not careful, you'll miss something. Does it take a circumstance for you to hear God? We'll talk more about that next time because it's really easy for you to have to need some big challenge, some big issue before you're willing to listen to God. But boy, I'll tell you what, this series can help you, so stay tuned. Link it and send it to a friend if it blessed you. Let me pray for you. Father, let this be a moment where we hear God, even when we don't want to, when we're struggling. Let this be that open moment when our hearts are clear that we need to listen to you. And I give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. My name is Pastor Ricky Temple. Thanks for being with me. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.